not to set the bar too high, but if you're familiar with scripture, you've learned that seven is a number meaning perfection. So welcome to the Church of the Geek podcast, episode number seven. As always, I'm David Hansen, and I'm joined for Church of the Geek by Brian Bennett. We are a pair of geeks who are also passionate about our faith. This week, Church of the Geek passed the 100 fan mark on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash geekchurch. Thank you all so much for being a part of this conversation with us. A special thank you to Jen Tinker, at Deaconess Jen on Twitter, and Regina Heater, at Rexshow, who have helped us to share this podcast with others. We really appreciate you helping us to get the word out about this podcast. Peeking behind the curtain, every week Brian and I record this podcast by video conferencing between Pennsylvania and Texas. As we recorded this episode, we lost our video connection and we were reminded just how important all those visual cues are in our conversations. So slide on into a back pew here at the Church of the Geek and join us as we talk about anti-heroes, storytelling, and scripture. Enjoy this seventh episode of the Church of the Geek, the Anti-Hero. Good afternoon, Brian, and how are you? I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Good. Life here awesome. in Pittsburgh is real good right now. Awesome. And there's there's the, the, the baseball thingamabobber thingy going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just town is crazy right now. Absolutely awesome. crazy. So, um, and how, how are things in Texas? Things in Texas are good. We, we, we are having our week of fall weather here. Fall lasts for about a week. Uh, um, and, and so enjoying that. It's really nice, uh, even cool in the mornings, which is, uh, uh, unusual. I mean, it's still 85 in the, uh, 85 in the afternoon, but you know, it's cool in the morning. All right. A whole week though. You get that for a whole week. A whole week. That's right. That's right. What happens after that week? Uh, it, it's going to get hot again. I, I'm pretty sure that by the time this week is out, it'll get hot again, and 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 we'll have some hot weather. And oh, sometime in December or January, we'll have a a week of winter, maybe even two weeks of winter, and then spring will happen for a week, and then it'll be summer again. I think last you guys year, really know how to live down there in Texas. Hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, when you're out shoveling snow, you give me a call. Um, so. Uh, okay, that sounds fine. Yeah, when uh, when I'm shoveling snow. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I like it. So, all right. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm weird, though. Yeah, but no argument. Um, so last week was the big finale of Breaking Bad, uh, and, and it seems like everybody in the world was watching the finale of Breaking Bad. Did you watch the finale of Breaking Bad? No, I I I did not because I'm I'm – I'm years behind right now, uh, <laughs> shamefully. So okay. I'm trying desperately to catch up, and yeah, um, I don't. 
but I, I love it. I absolutely think it's a really phenomenal show. And, uh, um, for the amount that I've seen so far, and, um, it's super awesome. How about you? Have you, have you seen it? I have not seen a single see episode of Breaking Bad. Not a single episode. Uh, uh, oh I, my. I remember when it started, what, it's only been five years or so ago, I guess, and and thinking there's just not one more thing that I can fit into my got-to-see-it TV rotation. And I don't think that's a show that you can watch, like, a couple episodes and then say, well, I'll get back to that when I have time. You've got to see every single episode. And I just couldn't fit one more thing in uh, at that point, and so... I didn't, and, and and I haven't since. Um, but I love the idea of it. I love the idea of it. it and we've been talking some this week, you and I, about uh, the sort of the thing that makes Breaking Bad work. Um, the this yeah, the Walter White's character. I mean, yeah, that notion of you know the the guy who um, seems to be completely normal, but really he's he's a complete and utter denigrate. I it just he's horrible. Um, well, and and this this lead character who is just so deeply deeply flawed, beyond imperfect. He's just, you know, got got serious problems. Um you know, no moral compass if you want to call it that, um, you know, any number of ways we can talk about it. Um, but I I think deeply flawed is a good place to start. <laughs> No, I, I think it absolutely is a deep uh, an issue of being deeply flawed because you know in the in what I've seen so far clearly there are there are places where something went unfulfilled in his life. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to give away too much. No. You know, even though everybody else has had years to watch it, so yeah, I, I kind of get at that. But um, yeah, there's just this uh, something went something went wrong and things did not work out the way he expected them to. And he lives—he lives a life really kind of on the edge. Yeah. Um, He—he's got a great family. He's got a—he's got um, uh, an older son, although uh, with some special needs. He's got—he's got a, a baby on the way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just um, clearly not how he envisioned it. And and I, I don't know how that works out necessarily, yeah. but yeah, flawed. There is a major flaw there. He can't go with what he's given. There's. Something is broken, and um, it ain't going to get fixed. Yes, absolutely. I, and I think that this gets at the heart of it uh, from Encyclopedia of the Universe, right, of, of Isaac Asimov, right, from the Foundation series, uh, Wikipedia. Uh, the antihero is a leading character in a film who lacks some or all of the traditional heroic characters or qualities such as altruism, idealism, courage, nobility, and moral goodness. I love that. Lacks moral goodness. Uh, the term is also sometimes used more broadly to cover flawed or part villainous hero. I think as we talked with our friends uh, this week, uh, you and I were pretty intentional about trying to do this to talk to others, there's a lot of confusion about the difference between an anti-hero and a villain. And a villain. Right. right. And... And rather than the hero's foil, if you will, uh, the opposite of the hero, I, I like this idea of the anti-hero as the uh, completely flawed, you know, good guy, the the the, the one you're the supposed. The protagonist. Yeah. Right. To throw the, to throw the English term out, right? It's it's the it's the protagonist. Which think back to high school English, and uh, we talk about protagonists, and 
why don't we just call them the uh, – I mean, sure, we can call them the main character. Why don't we just call them the hero? I mean, that's the way stories work. And then, well, it's not, and now I understand why, because we have this notion of the protagonist as anti-hero, um, the yeah. person that you don't want to win, but you do. Yeah, yeah. That's At least a great the way good, good, the the well the well created anti heroes you you just want them to succeed even though you know it's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. So you you can, so Walter White is clearly one of those. Clearly, characters. absolutely. I I think uh you know we we could you know go go to another genre and talk about Michael Corleone or Tony Soprano who who are um it, not villainous, but not exactly, you know, paragons of virtue per se. Uh, I don't think that anybody's uh, right. uh, holding them up as role models, but you want them to do well. You want them to succeed. You want them to do what they need to do. Yeah, you know, in The Godfather, when, when you know, I make you enough, you can't refuse. I mean, and then, you know, the, uh, the horse head ends up, in the, I mean, you're in yeah. awe of this character. Like, yeah. this guy's got it. And, Absolutely, and he's, and he's really. But uh, you know, looking at it, you know, and, yeah, we were we were intentional about asking some of our friends, and some friends uh, opened up some things in the uh, in the geek in the geek world. I mean, in fantasy genre, there are lots of antiheroes that exist out there. The uh, one of my friends mentioned the Elric character from, from uh, Michael Moorcock's Sword and Sorcery books, and they're just yeah, he, absolutely, he absolutely right. He's a classic figure um and i thought some more about uh some stuff recently uh, a few years back the the tolkien estate the uh, christopher right. tolkien put out the the, the book children of turin yeah and in it is uh turin who is uh is a classic anti-hero he he's just he's just not right he's right. very flawed um so he ends up killing a, a, the guy who comes to rescue him and he ends up living with a, a band of brigands and so yeah, um, they're all uh, over the place. Sure, and uh, uh, just to pull in, you know, I don't know, we can go a week without talking about Joss Whedon, uh, uh, <laughs> but Firefly, uh, you know, Mal is is a pirate, a smuggler, and darn if you don't root for him through the whole thing. Right. So yeah. Uh, so what? What it is? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, 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 oh. Um, you seem to have in some ways uh the the anti-hero method of storytelling seems to have uh taken over uh much of our culture at the moment uh a number of people mentioned to us the series blacklist which is new i guess i'm gonna have to watch that because everybody's talking about it but blacklist uh is one you know uh dexter another another series coming to an end but dexter uh is another you know kind of all the big shows right now are are dominated by the dom- anti-hero yeah yeah it certainly makes it. It certainly makes for uh, the ability to do a little darker, edgier yeah. um, storytelling. You don't have. Maybe it was with an antihero. You don't have to worry about a happy ending. Yeah, and uh, I think I think less than worried about a happy ending. I think that that people are attracted right now to um, you know the 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 buzzword is authenticity, uh, right? To to characters that are real, to characters they can relate to, and. Um, I can't relate to, you know, the all good character, you know, in a, in a black and white world where the good guys wear the white hats and the bad guys wear the black hats and the bad guys are all bad and the good guys are all good. That's not the world I live in every day. No, at the same time, though, I don't I think there's something more to that because I don't I'm not entirely sure folks are 
or all of these antiheroes that are out there are necessarily completely authentic. Uh, I do think there is a notion that folks are longing for a, a world a little more gray than black and white. I, I agree with you there, but I don't think it's it's necessarily about authenticity. Maybe 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 we could find a different word, but. Well, you're entitled to be as wrong as you would like to be, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. I, I appreciate your I appreciate your openness to my being wrong. No problem. That's fantastic. No problem. Uh but I, I think there you know, we we can see a, a similar parallel in some ways in, in how we tell the stories of scripture. Uh and so you know, I the the stories that we grew up with and even as I, I'm teaching adults the stories that they carried with them into adulthood were, you know, well, Abraham is all good. Moses is all good. And there's the good guys. And then there's the bad guys. And the bad guys are all bad. You know, there's the people right. who follow God and they're all good and virtuous and moral and totally and completely good and virtuous and moral. And then there's the bad guys and they are completely unvirtuous and com- completely immoral. And you go and you look at the Genesis story and, well, you know, Abraham isn't always good and virtuous and moral. And Moses isn't always good and virtuous and moral. Uh, there's a whole lot more gray to it. They're a whole lot more flawed, I think. I, I agree completely. Um, we, we certainly, well, I think the move comes when you want to take the, um, when you want to take the biblical story and create a, um, moralistic framework yeah that everybody has to be good and all the characters have to be whitewashed so that we can point to them as paragons of you know do this, this and the, live this. right you know and um instead you know not shy away from the shadier aspects of the biblical characters you know jacob and esau right i mean what a what a way to sort of go and are, are how many times have preachers then because they're so concerned with making sure that Jacob looks like a good guy, try to gloss over, do ba- do black backflips and yeah. backbends to sort of justify a, a really unreasonable reading of scripture. Hermeneutical, hermeneutical gymnastics. Exactly. And there's um, there's your there's your Scrabble word for the day. So I well whether you want to use the word um, authenticity or a different word, um, I think it is about characters that in some ways look a little bit more like the world that we live in. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm okay with that. It's a, it's, a, it's a harder world. I mean, back 50 years ago, there was a general consensus that life was sort of easy. You did these, yeah. you followed these rules, and everything was going to work out. Uh, and now 50 years later, we're looking around going, well, I've done those rules. I've tried to do that, and it didn't work out for me. What the heck's going on? Uh, everything kind of keeps shifting. And so I think there is an, an understanding that the life around us is far more complicated yeah. um, than just um, black and white. You're right. And and Yes, you're right. You're right, David. You're right. You're right. Everything, you're always right. Thanks. All right. Let's, I think we can end on that note. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, – just as a side, you know, you don't realize how much, you know, this is entirely an audio format and podcast, how much, just as we're talking, you need to be able to see one another. You can't tell when, when the other person is done talking. As we're noticing that. I don't know if you're noticing. I'm noticing this. We can't tell when the other is done talking or has another question or is just taking a pause for a breath. I wouldn't yes, think, I wouldn't that, think that would make that right. big of a, um, a difference. Yeah, that's why I detest phone interviews. 
just yeah. to test them. I've done several and they're all horrible. So it's uh the uh, the notion of so one of my friends. Let me ask throw this out there. One of my friends friends when I threw out who are your favorite um, yeah antiheroes. Of course, the pastor asked the question. So what does what's the answer? Jesus and oh, so they threw that. Out. Is Jesus an anti- I missed that. Is, is Jesus is Jesus an antihero? Maybe he certainly. Yeah, I mean, well, well, let's 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 go to that for a second. Um, he throws out the rule book. He opposes the white hats. Uh, you know, uh, good moral, upstanding people. The 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 town council, the 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 congregational council, the every Sunday church attendance tenders, the the congregational president. You know, all the good people. He kind of takes them off and kind of intentionally goes about upsetting them so right perhaps uh, you know i think we're used to painting painting well yes of course jesus opposed right. the pharisees well i don't think that's a, a something you necessarily would take for granted you know right and i think we've had two thousand years of of yeah of preaching and teaching that perhaps makes the pharisees yeah, worse absolutely. off than they perhaps were um and so we are automatically we automatically think that they're the bad guys, except in Jesus' day they were the good guys. And Jesus certainly seemed to be uh, offering uh, or working against the sort of the traditional yeah. ethical moral framework, hanging out with the, the sinners and the outcasts right. and the tax collectors and the prostitutes and um, you know, and he's sort of saying, I'm gonna do this thing over here because uh, this is what what God's about, and um, the only thing is, is that normally I think most of the antiheroes that are out there are really motivated by by self interest, and I Ooh. think there's the only place where Jesus sort of falls away. Okay, so from apparently that. I'm feeling very very contrary today. Disagree. Uh, Batman is a great antihero, right? He's he's set up as as the rule breaker, the vigilante, the the. I mean, the whole imagery of the Dark Knight, the one who works in the shadows. I'd call him an antihero in some ways. Um, entirely motivated by altruism. Yeah. All right, I'm cranky today, too. No, I, I totally disagree. I think I thought about Batman. I thought about Batman, but he is coming out of a very strict... Um, he has a very strict right. moral code. I mean, well, he that, won't doesn't, kill. that doesn't that doesn't keep him from beating the, the, in the general myth. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Well, so sure. you know, breaking a few defense. ribs and bones and legs—that's right. okay. That's no. perfectly moral. Right. All right. Yeah. Because he is looking for. He has. He, he and he is also seeking the greater good of society. He's not out there sort of amassing his own thing. He's not out there for vengeance. If you want to talk about a comic book character who wait, is wait, wait. you think he's not out Punisher, there for vengeance? I think what, is... what gets Batman going? <laughs> no, well, his mythos, his his call story certainly is wrapped up in uh, an idea of vengeance. But I think it has it has been rightly formed into more of a justice look, looking for the yeah. justice that he was denied. But he always stopped short of going into vengeance, as I understand it, in in so far as. Um, Taking it into his own hands, punishing those, you know, he still um, leaves them hanging upside down by the bat rope, uh, tied to a pole, 
uh, for, right. for the police to come pick him up or whatever. But um, all right, that's all right. that's where I come from, you know. And like you said, you you're able to be as wrong as you want. I mean, I'm able to be as wrong as I. I, want. I don't know. Let's let's so. let, let's let's push that. Can we think of a yeah. uh, an antihero that is more motivated by you know altruism? I mean, Punisher is certainly one. Um, who else? Yep, that's what I'm coming up with. Um, I I think there's some who who start off motivated in that way, uh, but then wind up being more motivated by caring for others. Do you, does that make sense? They start down their path it, 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 from entirely yeah. selfish reasons, but then that changes as they go. Yeah, I threw out the name yeah. uh, Han Solo, uh, and and my uh, friend of mine who's an English teacher, he absolutely disagreed. He saw him uh, right. as a rogue, to be sure, but, uh, you know, and he's out there. I mean, he's a smuggler. He, he, has, he does have, you know, he's a bit of a pirate and all, but... He does sort of transform and, and move it back into a hero role, but he's my my buddy said it was uh, he saw him as Byronic. Interesting. And I went Byronic. Yes. Is that like the six million pound man? And he, you know. Well, so but, so uh, did you catch the end he, of that Wikipedia yeah, definition um, that um, uh, John had posted on my my page? Uh, no. Let's see. There is a uh, some guy named Brian and Michael and. John, here we go. The term is also sometimes used more broadly to cover the flawed or part villainous hero in the literary tradition of the Byronic hero. How about that? So your friend could be right, and oh. it is still an antihero. Yeah. Still would be all right. He's, he's, he's drawing perhaps a, a, a narrower definition yes. for antihero. I think so, and I think you and I are probably um, uh, painting very big strokes with this. And that's okay. Much broader, yeah, 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 uh, and I think in I think in in uh, uh, it's okay uh, to be a little broader, not quite so narrow, but it, it, at any rate, whether you're narrow or broad, it there's clearly that tendency to move in that anti-hero yeah. uh, vein now, and I think that the the notion that when we deal with sort of seemingly used to set Picard, right, the same time sinner saint sort of bedrock of uh, Lutheran uh, understanding um, we've it does draw us that way yeah um, we understand none of us are perfect right. no not one God's in the business of saving deeply flawed people so we like deeply flawed heroes yeah and and really they are far more interesting storylines to create right. uh, it, it, it has inherent tension in there I mean, we mentioned I mentioned this before about Superman I Superman does not interest me one bit, oh, really. All right, um, because he's too too damn perfect. All right, he, he's not he's not vulnerable. He's he's not physically vulnerable. He's not yeah. ethically vulnerable. Yeah. It seems Batman is much more interesting. Yeah, it seems absolutely. All right, I'll go with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I'll go see the Superman movies because <laughs> I want to see I want to see spectacle. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it is just that. I think there's the the perverse side of it is I think we take some sick sick pleasure in watching heroes fall in the the Schadenfreude of seeing somebody who is up on a pedestal get knocked down a, a peg, uh, whether that's through immoral behavior that they get caught in, um, which is usually the most frequent one, right, um, or or some other means. I, I think that our our culture right now really enjoys that um, a lot. 
Well, sure. I mean, how, <laughs> as soon as you said get caught in immoral behavior, all I all I could do is think of John Oliver over the summer in on uh, the Daily Show with the Carlos Danger. Danger. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Thank God our, our 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 video uh, cameras aren't on. Absolutely. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, and although you know, part of that too is we like to see folks fall because it, it makes for better news. Right. You know, the 24-hour news cycle, if we didn't have folks falling, then there wouldn't be a whole lot. Right. We'd have far fewer people clicking on CNN.com if they didn't run the dang story about Miley Cyrus and the VMAs. So um, part of it is is that it sells. Yeah. Um, is, is another side of it. That's being exploited. Yes. Our interest in those characters. It's, uh, I, I think it's fascinating, although I, I do wonder about saturation. It just seems that we've had so many of, of these folks and, and, and how it's going to go. And yeah. When does the pendulum swing back? Yeah. Uh, and, and what's going on in the greater, in the greater society that, that brings them up anyway? Interesting. What would the swing back look like? Yeah, I think what, what you end up doing is maybe the swing back starts to look with um, people who are virtuous and, and – um, Standing up against systems uh, that they find themselves in, who who refuse to do the the corrupt thing, who refuse to sort of bend uh, to the people all around them, yeah. to him or her, going, yeah, come on, just everybody does this, and this is just the way that it goes. But you know, the, trying to raise something like I don't know, those sort of storylines, I think, become um, the one who who faces temptation right. um, and opts not to do it. Um, yeah, or, or seeks that. So that's where I would think that a that a sort of a, a swing the other way would so, go. And I don't right. want to make it. Sort all right. So of, so ahead. here's a swing the other way that I think you and I I have have both seen, uh, and and that's I mean there's a certain portion of Christianity which is not in favor of antiheroes. You know, uh, the buff Jesus that beats back temptation. Hearing you talk about. Say no to temptation, maybe think of that, right? The buff Jesus that beats back temptation, the good guys that are all good, and you're either all good and for us or you're all good and against us. I think that that is a certain, um, particularly popular Christianity. Yes, yeah, I think that's probably, I think that's probably true. But I think there, you know, right, Jesus is, is more about, uh, sort of a magic charm against the bad stuff in the world, which I don't, experience that in my in my own right. life. But but then I have a completely different view of sort of the human creature in a in a Christian anthropology that is much different. Right. Um, so yeah, but I think I think you I think you're I think you are right there. There is there are folks who would say uh, no, we can never have any uh, darkness, we can never have any um, challenges because otherwise what does that say about what does that say about Jesus? Yeah. Can't Jesus handle it all? Yeah. Doesn't Jesus, doesn't God, you know, take care of us in, in all things? Right. So. Um, I, I think, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I think uh, that the antihero, using our extremely broad understanding of it, you and I, uh, the antihero is uh, intrinsic to the Christian story, um, whether it's it's Jesus, which is a very broad, I think not everyone would go with us on that definition, uh, but 
throughout. I, yeah, I hear them. I hear them outside uh, piling up sticks right? and, uh, for the fire. But yeah, go ahead. Um, but I, I think whether you're talking about him or the rest of the story, you know, I'm sorry if you're going to tell the story of of Israel that begins with the murderer Moses. Yeah, um, you can't tell it without an antihero, without a hero that's deeply flawed. And I think that's where, for us, our um, you know Lutheran understanding of of deeply flawed humanity comes into play yes you can't tell the story of faith without deeply flawed people because that's what this world is the world is the world is deeply flawed yes indeed so um all right well maybe we've beaten that that to death as we we come up and on half an hour or so of of chit-chatting um so brian you 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 were you were all excited to tell me what was your geekiest moment since the last time we talked david Last night, I went and I paid tribute to a grand figure in in the in the geek universe, a mighty warrior uh, who has been with us for well over twenty years. Last night, I went to the symphony orchestra as I went to hear the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses Second Quest. Wow. My Wow. It David, it so the way it's set up is that the symphony was there. That my wife and I have tickets. So I was actually there Friday night and we we got to go and uh we got to hear Carmina Burana, which is just phenomenal piece. Um but it, and I knew this was coming up and I thought I'd take my boys, but yesterday my boys they they crapped out on me and they were wiped. So I that's okay. Wimps. I went anyway. And I, uh, they were, but you know, their ages, they were tired. They had long days. I'm fine. And then it's cheaper for me. So that's great. I went, they had the orchestra out on the stage, uh, and they have the screen suspended above it where as they're playing the music, they're showing parts of the video games. And so they would take, uh, the, the themes that had been written by Koji Kondo and, um, they had been orchestrated and developed into this sort of symphony. Yeah. Uh, the um, they would each one was based on one game, and so they would show images of the game, and they gave you a sense of the whole game. Now I haven't, I I was not a big Zelda player. I've played it. I kind of understand you know, you have Link and Zelda and all that, and the the, the Kingdom of Hyrule, and um, you know the Triforce uh, and all right. that, and uh, and they had a little prelude that actually showed how the Triforce comes. From the goddesses of, you know, it's wisdom, courage, and power, and they, you know, and all that. So it was really, it was they had had this. It has this deep and inherent myth wrapped around it, which I think makes it the reason that it's lasted for almost what, 27 years, I think. Um, and so, uh, just just stunning uh, piece, and it was really. And the other side of it is that the the crowd was a was far more rabid than the crowd I was with on Friday night at the symphony. Um, yeah. There was the, now the night, the night of the symphony, my, my wife and I were sitting there and um, we're coming around. There was a woman in front of Mary Lynn bouncing up and down, like oh, wow. just so excited for Carmen Brana to start with those opening chords. <laughs> just, you know, but okay. So that aside though, 
people, uh, the, the director walked out onto stage and the place erupted. And there were people dressed up in, uh, link hats and link oh. costumes. And, uh, I saw one woman who was in a very nice dress, except she had elf ears on. And not just like kind crappy of, elf like... ears, but I mean like really serious elf ears that, you know, the way uh, Zelda's ears and Link's ears are. And, um, it was, it was glorious. That's great. That's really great. I love it. Um, fantastic. Well, what about well, you? All right, so this, this didn't happen last week, but I, I, I was thinking about this today. So, you know, I was entirely geeked out to be at Nadia's thing in, in, in Austin. And I'm standing there and I'm waiting in line to get my copy of her book because I had it an audio version, but then I wanted a print book so I could get her to sign it because I'm a big old fanboy, right? So I do all that. Yeah. And I'm standing there in line and, Next line over, this woman taps me on the shoulder, and I turn, and she goes, "You're David Hansen, aren't you? I recognize that hat from Facebook." <laughs> Isn't nice. that great? Like it just doesn't get any better than that. No idea who this person is. I mean, we've got no connection. She she follows my Facebook page, um, uh, but my own little mini celebrity moment while I was there to geek out over some other celeb, you know, mini church celebrity. So I, I thought that was really kind of neat. Nice. That's fantastic. Well done. Right? Yeah. Well yeah. done. So th- th- that was fun. All right. Uh, great conversation tonight, today, ab- about uh, the antihero and, and how that plays out. And uh, thank you very much. Yeah, same to you, David. It's been, uh, it's been a joy, as always. Yeah. Uh, look forward to further conversations. All right. We'll talk to you uh, soon. Thank you again so much for listening to this Episode 7 of Church of the Geek. I hope you'll connect with us both on Twitter. I am at Rev underscore David, and you can find Brian at Brian underscore O underscore Bennett. Geek be with you.